Welcome to the Grow Strong Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I interview business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of everyone on their team. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Meredith Bell, and I love introducing you to people who are not only focused on their own growth, but are really committed to the development and growth of the people on their team and in their company. And that's really the focus of my company as well, Grow Strong Leaders. We are all about publishing tools and books that help people communicate and connect more effectively with each other at work. And you can learn more about us at growstrongleaders.com. Today, I am just beyond excited to share with you a guest who really, to me, exemplifies what my podcast is all about, Phil Gallagher. Phil, welcome to my show. Thanks, Meredith. I appreciate the invite and happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to share you with my audience. Phil (laughs) is the CEO of Avnet, and that's a publicly traded company with annual sales north of $20 billion and more than 14,000 employees worldwide. They ship to 140 countries and they are number 167 on the Fortune 500 list. And so Phil has this amazing experience with dealing with lots of people. And of course, that's what leadership's great challenges are all about around people. And Phil, before we get started with our conversation, I want to give a shout out to Chris Doris, because he's the reason I know you. I listened to your interview on his podcast, which is Tough Talks, and I immediately thought I must have Phil as a guest on mine because I loved all the things that you talked about there oh, around leadership. So I, I just want to thank you in advance for being such a wonderful role model to me of what an effective leader can do and be. Thank you. Thank you, Meredith. That's, that's kind. Well, as we get started, you've been with Avnet now for 40 years. So help us understand a little bit more about your journey from your early days to being the CEO. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, well, when I started four decades ago, I didn't think, hey, I'm going to be the CEO. I mean, you know, this was a, uh, a job that I took in 1982 that became a career, right? So, and yeah, I thank Chris Stars as well. He's a great guy. And Chris is from Philadelphia, and that's our connection. I'm from Philadelphia originally, so I graduated from uh, Drexel uh, University in, uh, in Philadelphia. And I started in, at Avnet, and by the way, Avnet is an electronics, semiconductor, and component distributor. So a lot of people don't know what we do, but a lot of people know about semiconductors these days because you can't get enough of them for your end products. But I started in what we call rest of world sales. Uh, today it has a fancier name, but uh, I took it as, a, as an opportunity to get a, a company car and make 200 bucks a week. And it was perfect, you know, just coming out of college. But then quickly I became sales manager, just grew up in a company, Meredith. Um, you know, moved to Los Angeles in 1994, was there about three years in Thousand Oaks, California. And now we happily reside here in, uh, in Phoenix, Scottsdale, uh, Arizona for the last 27 years. But, you know, along the way, there's been, you know, sales management, branch management, you know, uh, VP of sales and 
then along the way you have some setbacks, right? And you kind of go through that S curve. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm surprised I'm here. I'm not sure how I got here, but just, uh, you know, um, it's, it's exciting to be leading a company such as Abnet. Married 32 years and have two children, uh, Aaron, E-R-I-N, my daughter and uh, Connor. Yeah, great kids are both, uh, both local. And that's been a key to, to the success as well. And I should add, that has been around for 100 years. So again, I mean, there are very few companies that make it 100 years. Um, so, and we were founded in New York City and, and corporate is here in uh, Phoenix now. So very blessed and very fortunate. Well, congratulations on that 100 years for the company yeah. and the 40 years for you and where you are today. You know, along the way, one of the things that I know you've learned so much about re- around leadership is the importance of EQ, that emotional intelligence. And you've emphasized that that is more important than IQ. And I would like for you to explain why do you feel from your experiences, why is that the case? Yeah, I think, you know, and, and Daniel Goldman's the, the, the guru of uh, emotional intelligence. And um, and I, I talk to the college kids when they come in, our interns, and go through this whole thing about what makes great leaders and what makes people successful. And, and you know, it never comes up, never comes up how smart they are. Okay. It never comes up IQ, you know, relationships, trust, integrity, all those other things, self-awareness comes up. And I've been doing this for 20 years with these college interns and it's a great exercise because it reminds them or reminds me, it's not how smart you are. We're all about the same, unless you're Elon Musk, maybe, you know, there, there's some outliers there, but you know, it, we're all about the same from an IQ standpoint. And what separates people is what they do with that. And how do they build teams? You know, how do they interact with teams? Um, are they self-aware uh, of, of their weaknesses, right? We all have them. Are they aware of their strengths? At, at times, strengths can become weaknesses, you know, but, but just over time, you know, people want to be with people that they like and they trust. Okay. And I know there's this word that's called relationships, some people think that's soft. It's not soft. It's really, really hard. And, and building trust is really, really hard. Uh, and that has nothing to do with IQ. That has to do with doing the right things all the time. And, um, you know, I, I have a saying, uh, Meredith, that, you know, trust is built a penny at a time, but people spend it like a buck. So in other words, it takes a long time to build up relationships and trust. And, uh, and I, I just think EQ is is the center of it. It's, it's proven, by the way, not... Not, it's, it's roughly 90% of people's success is based on their emotional intelligence, how they deal with other people, how they deal with teams versus IQ. So, yeah, it's just something I've uh, really, really come to, to study and, and, and work on. And, and I talk to our teams all the time about it. You know, uh, attitude matters. People matter. Sense of humor matters. By the way, you know, that is such a good point, because if we take ourselves too seriously, we tend to take others too seriously and hold a standard that doesn't allow for that humor and and um, and being able to, I think, uh, and I don't want to say take a situation lightly, but if we take ourselves more lightly, Uh, it really does give other people permission to feel like they can be human, too. Totally. You know, I totally, you know, I, you know, I, I was saying, you know, uh, walk in my office with good news, run in with bad news. Right. I mean, so it's okay. I mean, don't take yourself so serious. There, 
there's no problem or issue, particularly after being here 40 years, in our industry, in our business, that someone hasn't dealt with before. So don't, you know, don't get down on yourself. Don't get negative. Don't get, just bubble it up and deal with it. You know, but I, I, I say that all the time. Hey, don't take yourself so serious. And that includes me. Company, I, when I go, when I'm, when I'm out, the company runs just fine. As a matter of fact, it probably runs better when we're not around. But it allows you to, humor is that equal, is, is that, that, that what, what do you call that matter? It's just, it's that equalizer, you know, but humor, people like that. Okay. That doesn't mean you laugh at serious matters. And there's a lot of serious things going on in the world, but try to try to really keep everything in perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, where there's real world tragedies going on as we speak, you know, some of those little business issues, you know, don't don't, don't get too wrapped around the axle. We'll we'll, we'll go address that as a team, you know? And and the other thing that comes to mind with that is the I versus we, you know, people, that I word, you know, kind of, kind of try to lose that if you can, if you're out there listening, because, you know, I did this, I did that. I, you know, people get tired of that. You know, we as a team are successful. We did this as a leader, take ownership for the mistakes and give credit to the winners, you know? Um, so anyway, just, just build on that a little bit. Yes. That, and also you mentioned this idea of self-awareness as, and that's a, the, you know, there are two aspects of the EQ part. One is being aware of yourself and the other is being aware of others. I'd love to learn more about how you have come to be more self-aware over time and how do you help encourage other leaders to develop that self-awareness? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's something I think, you, boy, I think it can be learned. I mean, that's all those things you, you hear about leadership can be learned or taught or so I think you can definitely hone your skills. And um, I had a very humble upbringing. It was, I was blessed, had a good family. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot, you know, but I had a great family. And uh, I always say that, you know, growing up, we had nothing, but we had everything. Today, a lot of the kids, you know, they got everything and they got nothing, right? So we, so I was really fortunate to have a, a, a good foundation and uh, I'm blessed with that uh, still today, um, by the way. I think you watch people. I mean, as you grow up, and again, I started, I was 22. 21 years old, you know, or the rest of the world sales guy, you watch people, you, you watch what things that you like, okay, that kind of attracts you. But you know, you can learn as much by watching what behaviors you don't like. Okay, um, when you're in a meeting, it could be a senior executive, and maybe you're, you're down the totem pole, but you're watching this, this person, this guy or lady, like, behave erroneously, or behave, you know, demeaning others, or they, it's just, it's not acceptable. I don't care who you are, right? So, so a lot of it, you can read about it. I mentioned Daniel Goldman. I read a book from Lou Holtz, a football coach. I mean, you can learn from, from everywhere. But I think you learn a lot by listening and watching and go with your gut. If, if you don't feel good when you watch somebody doing something, it's probably not good to do, right? And on the, the, the other side of that, you see somebody doing the right things, you know, walking around the office, showing empathy, asking people how they're doing, just kind of, about like saying I'm wrong, you never see a leader or hear a leader never say they're wrong or take credit for all the things that go right. People get disgusted with that pretty darn quick. It's okay to be humble. Say, hey, hey, I messed that up. I was wrong. I mean, it's amazing what that does to the team around you. Okay, if you're the boss or even not the boss, it's like, hey, well, I screwed that up. Hey, let's go, let's go work on that together, and 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 then you take the project. You know, whatever. But you know, delegate it out. But anyway, I think it's learned. I think it's watched. Um, and then you, and you make mistakes along the way and you, and you learn from those. You know? but, but don't forget I'm where you curious. came from. Yeah, I'm curious if um, a part of that self-awareness 
if you have adopted the approach of asking people for feedback along the way, because of course that's one way of enhancing your self-awareness since we have blind spots and others can help us discover them. What have you done to solicit feedback from others to learn more about what they need from you and don't want from you? Well, that's a, <laughs> I'm chuckling because it reminded me of my mom who's passed away. She said, don't ask for feedback unless you want the honest truth, right? So if you want people to tell you what you want to hear, then don't bother asking, okay? Or you're surrounded with the wrong people. I, I forget my wife came home. She had, she had her hair done. We were just married. My, Asked my mom how she liked it. My mom said, I, I don't. It doesn't look good at all. My, my wife was all upset. My mom said, hey, you don't want the feedback, don't ask. The point is, ask for the feedback, but ask for it and take it, okay? And, and don't just surround yourself at any level. I don't care who you are. You're, you're, at any level, individual contributor, senior leader in an organization that has work, people working for them, surround, just, just, just ask for the feedback and, and get don't ask for feedback from all your friends. You know, we do we do these 360s, Meredith. You're familiar with them, right? And so I'll get a list of the people that the executive wants to send them to. I say, well, okay, can we pick up somebody other than your golfing buddies? You know, I mean, let's let's get the feedback from people that maybe you know you have an issue with, okay, or that you're not as comfortable with. But feedback's a gift, you know, and um, oh, you don't want to hear negative all the time. If you do, then you probably have a different issue. But you really want to surround yourself and, and, and they don't have to all work for you, by the way, right? I mean, it's... There's this thing you set up your own little internal council, right? That that, that gives you that feedback, but um, but you got to be able to take it and 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 thank them for it because it's important. It really is important because none of us are perfect, uh, none of us, and we're all we all make mistakes and we do things or say things that oh, God, why did we do that? And you, you want somebody to come up and say, hey, you know, you're you remember who you are. You were a little offensive in that comment. You know, you, you meant didn't mean anything by it, but you know, and that's good to know because then you can circle back with the people. But um, feedback's critical. Uh, that, that, that's particularly very critical. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of leaders fail. And they don't listen. I know. Well, I want to just affirm a couple of things that you brought up um, related to feedback, and that is soliciting it and also receiving it graciously. So oh, yeah. that people will continue being honest with you as opposed to concluding, well, that's the last time I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's so funny. So we had, uh, it doesn't matter who, but he, he asked for the feedback. He got it. And then persisted to, to, to like kind of kind of almost blackball him, right? Or, or come up with an excuse for every single thing that was brought up to, to, to him. And it's like, wait a minute, you, you missed the whole point here. You know, or when you get anonymous feedback, you know, which you asked for through 360s, they spend more time trying to t- more time trying to figure out who said that versus just take it. Just you, you might not agree with it all. That's fine. And it might have been taken out of context or what have you, but take it. But I've seen people, honest to goodness, they're like, OK, I think, well, I think that's who said this and that's who said that. Just, then, then, you know what? Just tear it up because you, you're missing a whole point. And just to build on that, we are a publisher of 360 Feedback. And one of the key things that we've always encouraged people to do is look at that report as just the beginning. Right. Because it can actually start dialogue for you to be able to sit down and let people know, here's what I learned. You know, here's where I need some information because I don't don't have a complete picture. And it, it goes back to what you were saying, expressing appreciation for people being willing to be honest with you, because that's what's going to encourage them 
to share with you again. Well, just in general, whether feedback or not, just appreciating those around you, what they do is, by the way, it's, it's free and it's easy to do. Uh, but a lot of leaders forget to say thank you, appreciate that, you know, what have you, you know. So, yeah, encouraging it, thanking them for the feedback, building on it. Uh, it's all how you're going to get better. And uh, again, if you, if you surround yourself or only ask for the feedback from those that you know is going to give you what you want to hear, then you're probably not going to grow at a level that, that maybe you're capable of growing to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, tying in with what you were saying about giving other people positive feedback, one of the things I heard you say is when people feel good, they do good. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so how does that positive feedback tie in and what other ways can leaders help people feel good? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I always say, if, hey, you feel good, you play good. And, and it's an oversimplification maybe, but I don't know that it is. I mean, how, you know, how do we feel when we get, when somebody thanks us or somebody, you know, the, the chairman gives me a call and say, nice job on earnings yesterday. Like, hey, it makes me feel good. You feel good. It changes your attitude and changes your perspective. So, and, and it's, it's pretty, pretty, again, pretty cheap to do. Um, how I do it, I think, you know, I think showing uh, empathy, right? You know, walking around the office. Of course, if people were back in the office, yeah, but that's a three-beer conversation. You know, but, the, you know, you got, you know, asking people how they're doing. But you know what? Well, really listening to the answer. Yeah. Many times you know, that happened, right? Whether <laughs> it be a restaurant in the office, hey, how you doing? And you, you might have an issue and the person just kind of keeps walking. But just... Showing that empathy, listening attentively when you ask a question or somebody's giving you feedback and just thanking them. I mean, it's amazing. I love the art of the thank you note, um, you know, uh, a written thank you note, by the way. You know, just and, and, I, and I'm a terrible writer. My, my handwriting's pathetic. But you know what? A little note to somebody that does something nice. It's, it's, it's an it's a administrative professional's week this week, right? Just a small note. The handwritten says, hey, thanks for all you do. Much appreciated, Phil, and put an envelope. Doesn't take long, but I don't know about you when you get, how do you feel when you get a note like that, right? You get something in the mail, it's like, wow, you, you feel really good versus the other pile of stuff that you got either in your inbox or mailbox. So again, it's just, I think it's all the little things that people forget to, everybody does the big things. Hey, buy them a gift, great, that's, that's super. But it's the little things that make the difference in, uh, I think, in life, you know, in personal you know, mar- marriages, relationships, uh, in business. I, I, it's the little things that this, that separates, separates you from others. You know, I think listening to you, a key element there is helping people feel understood and appreciated. Because mm-hmm. that, to me, is where that listening and empathy, you know, really come into play if you take the time to slow down long enough to do more than ask that superficial, how are you doing? But no, that's to right. pause and take in and invite them to actually tell you what yeah. it is. And then not acting impatient after they start actually sharing with you. Make sure you have time for it, right? Yeah, like if somebody, um, and by the way, back to you know, on this whole thing, you know, people feel good, they play good. They- Oh, if you're running a business out there, those same people are the ones taking care of your business. And I don't care if it's face-to-face, on a Teams, or on a phone, physical face-to-face. You can hear somebody's attitude through the phone. If people feel good, you can feel that on the other end. Again, whether it's face-to-face or, or, or email, right? People get angry on email, like capital letters and all that stuff. 
it, it, it impacts customer engagement. It impacts customer loyalty when your employees feel good. Um, now it's important to know we don't, uh, there's no perfection here. We, we all, we all make mistakes. I want to always remain humble around that. But as I tell the employees, America, look, we're trying to do the right thing. We're always trying to listen and do the right thing. Doesn't mean we do. Could we make mistakes corporate too? And, and, and some of them, most if we do it are unintentional, but we do wake up every day saying, how do we make our company better? We'll make our company better by, by uh, enabling our employees to have a, an environment that enables them to be successful. So some of it's um, black and white things you can do, you know, employee benefits, salary, all that. But most people, the engagement comes from the, the other, the softer things, mm. right? You're asking them about their health. You're giving them balance. I mean, uh, we have um, health and wellness uh, programs constantly. And then we have the small, to your point, we have the small group meetings. And when you have those meetings, um, whether formal or informal, you know, don't be distracted. You know, to, you know, you know, make sure you're undivided attention. Don't look at your phone and don't look at your watch. You know, it's kind of really, really, and those things are what people watch. You know, they, 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 they pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you uh, have visited lots of different locations because yeah. you all are located in so many different places. And you have said, you know, you have the same kinds of things in place in each location, (laughs) but you have some that are the highest performers and others that are lowest performers. And I would love for you to just share, what have you learned about the differences in the way those two contrasting locations operate and the results they get? Well, again, I won't be overly scientific here, but yeah, I've traveled around the world and I'll, I'll keep this analogy uh, to in, in the U.S. And, um, you know, I travel every week until COVID. But you hit branch off. And we, we have uh, sales offices or had them anyway in the day in, in every, I call it every NFL city. So all the major cities, we have we have locations and, and branches. So it would be San Jose, Baltimore, Philly, Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, et cetera. So on a roadshow, I'd be going, traveling around, you know, you know, one branch, X branch, doing great, you know, super, you know, great performance, uh, sales are up, attitude's good, employee engagement's up, suppliers are happy. Go to another branch a day later and like, you know, numbers are down and customers aren't happy, employees aren't happy. Well, yeah, what, I, what I've said in the past, same phone system, same inventory, same computer system, same employee benefits, same similar compensation. Well, what's the difference? It's, it's the leadership. Okay. There's something going on in X, X branch or city versus another city. And, you know, I, I call it an attitude meter or if I can walk into a branch office and see that, that the attitude is positive from the people feeling good, like a green and red, if it's green, I just say, Hey, get me the hell out of here. Things are fine. I can go, I can go to the next branch, you know? So it's, 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 it's always amazing. I mean, people say, ah, oh, you, know, you go to one branch, you have a town hall and everybody's, we don't have this, we don't have that. We don't, you know, people you know, like to complain and whine every now and then. That's okay. You gotta allow that. Then you go to another branch, same week, and it's like things are good. So anyway, I, I think it's so again, I think it goes back to those softer elements um, of leadership, you know, and are we listening to our teams? Are we empowering our teams? Are we giving the teams credit for what they're doing? Are we supportive of them? Are we okay with them making mistakes? Are we hierarchical or do we have a more open environment? I mean, those things are all, you can't, you can read them on a wall, but it's, it's how you, how you execute and, and act on them. Mm-hmm. 
in places where you do see the lower performing, do you do uh, some kind of intervention with the top leader or leaders in that branch or, you know, how do you help them? Or I, let's first back up. How do you identify if they're coachable? First of yeah. all, are they open to learning? Do they have that growth mindset? And then what do you put in place to support them as they're trying to grow and improve? Well, I always go in open-minded that everyone is coachable and everyone deserves a shot, right? And now it depends at what level. I got to be careful coming to the CEO. I mean, I'm not going to go dive down and, and, and jump into a branch manager, you know, but we'll go to the appropriate levels to give them some input and let them go go manage that. Um, if you really have a serious, like, you know, um, cultural issue, let's say, uh, or employee engagement issue in a branch, um, we will come in and do a 360 survey, get anonymous, just to find out, hey, what's what's really going on? Um, but I, I think everybody's coachable. And, and, and by the way, if they're not, then that's their choice, okay? And if things don't get better, then, then you got to deal, frankly, I hate to say, you got to deal with the leader. It's not, it's not, not the employees, sorry. It's, uh, typically, it's not. Um, you might have a couple of bad eggs here and there. Um, example I'll use real quickly is that I was a young leader of the company transferred me to Los Angeles. And I don't know if anybody from our LA branch would be listening to this. And it was one of the worst performing branches in the, in the company, frankly. It was company 48 on a computer system. And I got in there and did some assessment. I was 30, what, 31, maybe 30. It was a big, big, big opportunity. So I was a young, young leader. And I just determined, yeah, there are a few meetings, the branch wasn't doing well. I'm just watching where the power base is. Every organization has a power base. And a power base is not typically the person with the biggest title. Okay, really, I'm, I have a power base. I, you know, I don't make decisions around here, but I mean, I find out what's going on and get the, get the aggregated you know, inputs from my CFO, controller, general counsel, what have you. Did the same thing in this branch. I said, there's, there's four, four, four ladies that, that they were in the power base. Yeah, Maria, Carrie, Joanne, Marsha, I remember like yesterday, and I grabbed them. So I need your help. What do you know? And long and short, we restructured the branch. We didn't change any of the people. Okay, we didn't. We didn't change any of the the people. And within a year to eighteen months, we were like one of the top five branches in the in the company. All we did was listen. We're open to previous leadership in that branch. We're, we're dictatorial. Right? Everything we just talked about, couldn't give them feedback. Was a hammer looking for nails to hit. And that's why people go, hey, they, they don't respond to that. So anyway, that's just an example of, of what you, you can do. It's, I, think I, I wake up every day and I think our people, people want to wake up and do the right thing. 99.9% of the time, they, they want to do the right thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that don't, then you, you got to move on that. But give them the chance. Make sure they're co- they're, you're coaching them. Give them feedback. Long answer for you, but that's, that's, that's a live example. Oh, that's all great. And I want to build on that a little bit and get you to talk a little bit about something else. I know you feel strongly about this idea of an owner versus victim mentality and an example of what that sounds like and uh, how you address that when somebody is in, in a victim kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, and look, I, this kind of ties back to, I'll tie it back to attitude. And by the way, we're all entitled to have uh, a bad day or two or a week. And we're just, again, as just said, tragedy strikes everywhere. And we have bad days. You just sometimes wake up and it's like nothing goes right. And that's okay. We're, we're going to have those. But if you have someone that is constantly negative um, and, and the environment becomes negative, 
Okay. We, we need to deal with that. Um, I do believe attitude matters. I think attitude is a differentiator. People want to be around people that are fun. They want to be around people that are honest. They want to be around people to give them honest feedback. So the victim, so they now I use, and I, and I do town halls every now and I'll bring it up. And we've all dealt with this. We've all dealt with this. Um, is, is, and I said, I say to everybody, I say, what well, if you're never the one to get invited to lunch or breakfast with your peers, it may not be everyone else. It might be you. Now that's hard to say. And I say it in the book, but it, think about it. If you never, and you did, and you, you walk around as a victim all the time. Who the heck wants to say, hey, Meredith, want to go have lunch today so I can hear you complain about everything? After a while, it just gets, now you're entitled to your days or weeks. And again, we all have those, but that's what I'm talking about. You know, you got to wake up, you have a bad day. Hey, your, your boss gives you a corrective action. There's two ways you can handle that. Okay, if it's a fair corrective action, deal with it, gives you feedback, you deal with it, change, adapt, inquire to get more information around it. But don't, don't just take it and then start complaining to everybody in the break room uh, how much a jerk this person is or that person. Nobody wants to hear it. And by the way, those people can't help you. Okay, so I think it's, so that's, you know, that's a high level analogy. I just think I've had bad days. I've had brutal days. I, I, we've all had issues, okay, in the business world. Personal matters are, are certainly different, but um, just, 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 just try to be positive. And uh, it's amazing what a smile can do. I mean, right? I mean, somebody smiled at you in a grocery store, for gosh sakes, you know, so, I think just try to be nice. Um, I think if you find out that you're nice to people, most people are going to be nice back. So that's a that's that's my analogy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's such an important element of, and I think what I would encourage everyone to do is think about how do people respond to you. You know, are you someone that they enjoy being around because you are more upbeat? You do take responsibility because to me, that's what ownership that you're getting at. It's taking responsibility for a situation instead of saying this is being done to me. How can I choose to have an impact in a positive way on what's going on? Yeah. You know, and then there's so building on that. I mean, look, yes, I'm an optimist for sure. Um, it's more fun to be an optimist. You might be wrong, but it's more fun. Um, and then there's the, the, the pessimists, right? But then there's that middle ground called realism. You know, so at this level particularly, yeah, I'm going to be optimistic, right? I mean, I, I, but I'm a realist, right? And, and I think that's, that's where you got to draw that line of being overly optimistic. You can't be rah, rah, shish, kambal every day. I mean, there's going to be issues in the business, right? So, but again, yeah, if I walk around, I always say, I'm a, people are watching you more than listening to you. You know, I walk out of a meeting and let's say t- times are rough or tough and they're, they're not right now. We're doing very well, but people are watching. They're watching. They're watching all of you out there listening. Okay. What's their body language? Forget what they're saying. How are they saying it? And what's their facial language? Right? What's it look like? Right. If you walk out and they <laughs> see you throwing something into your office or your whatever, just grumpy. They're like, trust me, that will get around very quickly. So just, you know, people are watching it more than they're listening to That's an important point. As we wrap up, because I know we're at our time here, if you were mentoring someone who either wanted to aspire to a leadership role or they wanted to grow beyond the leadership role they're currently in, what are one or two key things that you would advise them to do? that would help them accelerate that yeah. possibility. 
responsibility? Yeah. Um, first, stay focused on the role you have if it's within the company. You know, so say sometimes I see people try to aspire too fast and they're on a fast track and they keep looking to the next two or three things and they forget about the job they're in. So make sure you're focused on the job you're in. Um, building a power base is fine, okay, in your peer group, uh, but don't don't over politicize things. You know, people will will pick up on that. Okay, so don't be overly uh, be sincere. Um, there's there's softer things, right? Teamwork, you know, be, be be a team player. Don't worry about getting credit for everything. Your your the team, your boss, whoever will will pick up that you're part of that success. So don't go thinking of somebody right now in our business. Yeah, I did this and I did that. It it, it drives. It, trust me, it's not going to get you to where you need to get to. People know um, uh, what you're doing, and then it's those things we talked about. You know, continue always learn. By the way, you got to continue to learn. Learn from others. I mean, that's the best way to learn still. And we're getting back into the office, which is great. Um, care, empathy, teamwork, trust. I mean, these, these fundamental foundations don't change. They, they, they don't. You read all the leadership books you want, but these foundational things, these softer things are what are going to get you where, where, where you may want to go, okay, um, from, a, from a leadership standpoint. But you got that's why I always say focus on performance first. Keep doing what you're doing while building out uh, these other areas I just talked about. And there's, you know, there's, you know, there's no exact roadmap. I mean, everybody wants a roadmap. Hey, in 1982, I started, and in 1984, it became this, and 1986. Now, it doesn't happen that way, team. You go up, and then you come down, and then you go that. I mean, you get asked uh, on a weekend, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to grow up and live the rest of my life in Philadelphia. And a month later, I was in Los Angeles, right? So, you, you know, be adaptive, right? And, and be, 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 uh, be, be aware, and you should always prepare, depending on what level you're at, you might get relocated or not. Are you relocated? Look at, think about all those things now, okay, um, before some of those opportunities come up. So I jumped the tracks a little bit on you because you don't know where that next opportunity inside your company might be, may not be. Yeah. Uh, where you are and are you willing to make that sacrifice because it is a sacrifice yeah. that's a key is what am i willing to do in yep. order to make that next move and yeah. think it through so you're not taken by surprise uh with what what comes down the road i love all the things that you just brought up there it, it, it's a wealth of uh of, of learning experience combined and underneath it all you know it's coming phil from your own experiences you have been that eager learner you've been coachable you've had that self-awareness to examine a situation learn from it so next time you're better so i yeah, oh. create a couple of mentors, Meredith, just to close out. Yeah, you know, make sure you got some mentors out there. It doesn't have to be overly formal, right? Watch, watch and select a few people that you think can really help you get to that next level. The people want to, more, more, more than not, people want to help other people. So I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to throw that in because I didn't mention, mention oh. that. I, Glad you did. I think that really is critical because that can accelerate their learning, their growth, and and have somebody that's willing to be honest with them yep. to point out things that can save them some of the falls and scrapes that they might experience otherwise. Yeah. No, that, no, no question. I, and I was blessed to have some great bosses from 
from Dan Buckley to Hardy Feldberg to see try to reel, reel them all off at Roy Valley, of course. And um, just been, I've been very fortunate in that regard. But they don't, they didn't all make me feel real comfortable at times, right? They still don't. I still get calls from them, you know, to see I still get, hey, what happened last quarter? You know, <laughs> you know but, uh, but they're, they're watching because they care. And they've been, uh, I've been, I've been really, I've been really blessed in that front. You know, I want to sum this up with that word you just said, the care, because I think that's really the underpinning of everything we've talked about today is this idea of being sincere with people, slowing down, taking time to listen, showing empathy, all all is in uh, kind of the outward display of having that caring deep down about that other person. And people feel that. And I feel that from you today, Phil, with the passion that you're using and, you know, that you brought to this conversation that you're sharing with us that you've learned and the caring that those 14,000 some people that are there Mm -hmm. at Avnet are lucky enough to experience because of who you are and who you're being there as the CEO. Well, we're, we're lucky to have them. We have a great team. I don't, I don't know every single one of them personally, uh, but I tell you, they've done, uh, they're, they're amazing. And then um, particularly through these past two years, all the, all the last comment I'll make all the listeners out there and, um, We've never been through anything like this. There's no playbook for it. Um, God bless what's happening in the Ukraine-Russia situation now. Uh, it's real, really difficult, you know, but we'll get through it, okay? We'll get through it as a team. And I guess the point I share with the team is, hey, you know, it's okay to feel, sh- you know, stressed once in a while. It's okay to feel, you know, sometimes going to be lonely, maybe even slightly depressed. And if you haven't been any of those in the last two years, I tell people then you're not human, right? Because it's been just one thing after the other and, and it's not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength to say, you know what, you want to go get with somebody or I need some help or, you know, what have you. I think people need to realize we've lost some of that the last couple of years because of the isolation. I think it's I think it's really important uh, to be sure you're getting out there and doing some social things to, to lighten the load on yourself. Because, again, back to what you said earlier, don't take yourself to say, you'll get through it. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that support is so key. Yeah. yeah. Phil, thank you for being who you are. You are such a delight. And it was such a joy to get to talk to you today and hear all the wonderful pieces of wisdom that you've shared with me and my listeners. So thank you and continued good wishes to you and your team for more successful quarters coming forward. I hope so. We've got a quarter at a time. Here we go. So <laughs> thank you for having me and best to all your listeners. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com and check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. While you're there, download the free facilitator guide to find out how to implement our unique peer coaching system. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.